Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all of the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast via the Believe Network. As always, appreciate you being with us. This is episode 37 of season five. And we're going to be talking about the new streaming alliance um, that has uh, come about. Uh, the actual full name is the Streaming Innovation Alliance. So you might be wondering, well, what is the Streaming Innovation Alliance? It is a essentially a group, a trade association uh, for all the major studio streamers in Hollywood that will advocate f- um, on behalf of this group of studio streamers in Washington, D.C. and in state legislatures across the country. So essentially the whole point would be to sort of protect and benefit the industry and advocate for policies. Now, what's interesting about this is that not only is this the first time in my knowledge that this has been done, where you have a group of streamers getting together to advocate as one body, um, which could be very powerful in many ways and in um, in many ways, be a counter to um, the unions in Hollywood, right? Um, which, of course, we'll come back to that in a little bit um, as to how well this will be received or not. But I think when you're talking about Washington, D.C., um, you know, and, and other state legislatures, what you're really talking about there is advocating for policies that help with streaming, that help with tax breaks, that sort of thing, um, not necessarily with labor relations, right? But we'll sort of see how this all plays out. Now, of course, this comes on the heels of the WGA or Writers Guild of America reaching a tentative agreement to end the strike with the studios. And it also follows news that Amazon Prime will be starting its Prime membership um, in terms of its base price um, with an ad-based Prime video. So you no longer will have ad-free Prime video unless you pay higher purchase price for the no-ad tier. And you might be wondering, well, what does the WGA and Prime Video have to do with the alliance? Well, I think that um, these sort of three pieces of news, if you will, are somewhat reflective of each other and the result of each other, meaning that Prime is essentially getting a head start on raising its rates in anticipation of the WGA agreement, knowing that the changes with the New Deal will mean it is going to be giving up a larger piece 
of uh, the sort of financial pie, right? Giving more money. And of course, they have to raise more money to do that uh, or raise prices on, um, and in turn, I guess, raise prices on the on the customer. So, um, and again, with the details of the WGA tentative agreement are not um, you know, out yet. And of course, the full agreement is not available yet and is still being negotiated. But uh, I would imagine that there were compromises made and more money will be going to the writers. And I'm sure that the same will be for the actors when, when SAG comes to an agreement. And the WGA agreement may indeed be the basis for how SAG comes to an agreement, which sort of makes sense, right? Because usually when you're talking about production, you're starting with the writers and then you move into um, obviously the acting portion. So in terms of process, I think it makes sense even through negotiation. Now, of course, the thought here is that with more ad dollars, there's going to be more money to spread around to the writers and the actors. And frankly, I think in many ways, studios and streamers will have to begin offering ad-based options uh, to keep up with the cost increases. And of course, Netflix has already done this. Other platforms are doing this. And of course, even though Max recently introduced um, live sports on its platform, which obviously uh, Warner Brothers Discovery Max, which is formerly HBO Max, um, are going to be adding this sports content. Uh, I think that, you know, ultimately there's going to be a cost for that. There's going to be a price increase for that. Now, the Streaming Innovation Alliance, which we'll refer to as the Alliance, is also um, a response in some ways to the powerful unions in Hollywood and frankly, maybe even the forthcoming WGA deal. I think the Alliance is going to be looking for ways to obtain beneficial legislation through filming tax credits, and of course, maybe even possibly to help with labor stoppages or um, through whether it be through tax credits or any other beneficial legislation to help when there is a labor stoppage. So we'll see how this all plays out. But I think ultimately this is a very smart move on their behalf to do this and somewhat surprising that it took this long to get this done. Uh, but I think that maybe as uh, the studio executives like Bob Iger and Ted Sarandos and, and David Zaslav um, from their respective groups and Disney, Netflix, and Warner Brothers Discovery, probably through negotiating with the WGA um, together, realized that we really need to have a collective effort uh, in terms of negotiating these deals. Otherwise, it's a bunch of businesses um, kind of negotiating on their own, and there's no organization. So I think this is a very smart move on their behalf uh, to do this. So it'll help with both um, legislation and and obviously on on Capitol Hill and in the capitals across the across the United States, but potentially also help when you're talking about um, labor negotiations. So, but again, we'll see how this is how this is received uh, in the press. I think so far it's been pretty positive. Um, you know, again, I think it's a it's a, a smart business move. So we'll sort of see how 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 again this plays out. And again, I think the experiences with the WGA negotiation clearly led um, or at least expedited this uh, to make this happen. Uh, so that way they're they're negotiating collectively uh, in some sense, um, you know, as opposed to uh, doing it individually. Now, it is interesting that Amazon, Apple, Roku, and Google slash YouTube um, are not currently a part of the alliance. And of course, this somewhat makes sense to me because the business models are different. Um, 
all of those sort of platforms are broader distributors. Um, there is less of a focus on content. Uh, they're more of a collection area for content. Uh, That's not to take away from the work that Amazon is doing or Apple or Roku or, really, or even really uh, Google and some of the original content that it has, although it's limited. Um, you know, mostly YouTube is a platform for other people to post. And of course, Amazon has so many other businesses, as does Apple. And Roku is traditionally a distribution platform, although they do have some original content. So it somewhat makes sense because I think the interest would be different. Um, that being said, I think the distribution interest might be similar. So maybe they'll find some common ground there and we'll see. Obviously, adding uh, those four companies um, at least would clearly um, open up um, sort of more power for Disney, Netflix, Warner Brothers, Discovery, and all the other platforms that have decided to join the alliance. So we'll see how, I think it's going to be interesting uh, to see how that plays out and whether Amazon and Apple and Roku and Google uh, decide to join the alliance or not. Um, but again, the business models are different there. Uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, broader distributors versus content creation. And of course, each of those businesses, that I, as I mentioned, have far more di diversified businesses um, and frankly already have strong lobbying, lobbying and advocacy efforts. So uh, now it is, I will sort of say that um, in one of the quotes that was provided by Fred Upton, he's a former Republican congressman from Michigan, had said, quote, the rise of innovative new video streaming services is an American success story we should celebrate and encourage, not smother with obsolete and ill-fitting rules and regulations designed for completely different technology, products, and business models, end quote. And, and I think this is interesting because um, ultimately, I think the Alliance sees uh, this as an, the studios see the Alliance as an opportunity to advocate. Um, and of course, the truth is, is that many of the laws that we have on the books are not updated and they're not ready for streaming. I think for the most part, we've sort of been in an adaptive mode. I remember when I was in college, there was a quote that was sort of used or an analogy that was used in comparing the legislature to and Congress to firemen in the sense that for the most part, you have some prevention work that can be done, but in many ways, you're responding to something. You're responding to a crisis. Now, ideally, Congress would get ahead of it before it becomes a crisis, but I think that's the nature of the business is that Congress is meant, government is meant to have checks and balances. And it's one of the key attributes of um, of, uh, of the American Republic is that, you know, you sort of have uh, the executive, you have the legislative and you the judicial branch that are, you know, um, clearly have the balance of power and clearly have to balance power to get things done. And of course, even though things move slowly in Congress, in some ways, it's meant to be that way. It's meant to be deliberate, as frustrating as it can be. But I clearly think the alliance is going to have an effect here. Um, I think they're going to be able to be um, focused on advocating for technology and products and business models that are um, sort of updated for streaming and updated for artificial intelligence and updated for other streaming opportunities, particularly in distribution and privacy and advertisements and whatever else comes along, right? But ultimately, I think with all of these things, regulation is key. And uh, having a lobbying effort um, is going to be essential for success.
Now, it is also interesting, too, that this collaboration effort is coming about because in the past few weeks, we've talked about how we were likely to see collaboration efforts among studios uh, to occur because there was too much fractionalization going on between the studios and, and consumers are complaining that, hey, there's too many platforms, there's too many ways to watch this content um, it, with too many paywalls, I, essentially, right? Uh, not that too many ways to watch it is bad. I think that's actually a good thing, but there's too many paywalls to watch it. So what's a better way to, to collaborate? You know, is there a way that we can share content? And frankly, I think this alliance opens up an opportunity for that because you can provide for, again, some legislation and argue for some legislation that is beneficial. Now, um, in addition to the sort of the collaborating, um, you know, again, it's going to be interesting to see how has it an effect on labor and whether the alliance is used in the labor context. At least at this point, it's used only for, um, at least in print, what it's been talked about is uh, for lobbying efforts. Um, but clearly, I could see the alliance playing a role in um, labor discussions. So, uh, and again, which would make it easier for them to negotiate because it'd be one collective voice essentially at the table versus uh, multiple voices. Now, it is sort of complementary to this entire story um, that there seems to be a further push towards streaming sports content um, where uh, we've just seen Warner Brothers again uh, look to add live sports on its Max platform. And of course, the other news is that Fox is now doubling down on college sports. Um, it actually gave up its rights to uh, WWE, which came as somewhat of a surprise, especially considering they just had this um, merger between UFC and WWE. But I think it makes sense for Fox because you have this expanded college football playoff in 2024, moving to 12 teams. So clearly they would want in on that action, and especially with all the... Um, all the media attention around Deion Sanders and the Colorado uh, University of Colorado team, football team. Um, you know, clearly there's this sort of excited interest in college football and will continue to grow. And of course, in 2024, you'll also have um, this sort of new Big Ten with uh, UCLA and USC. And, and of course, the SEC will be expanded. Uh, you're going to have a lot of different changes um, and even to the Big 12 and even to the ACC. So you're going to see a lot of changes going on. And of course, in that sort of college football playoff context, uh, there's been talk about having sort of um, the big four conferences plus, I think, seven different teams if um, if it if the Pac-12 is indeed um, um, doesn't survive, you know, past this year, which is likely considering only two teams remain in Washington State and Oregon State. And then, of course, you have the Las Vegas Golden Knights or Vegas Golden Knights that are moving towards a new streaming platform as they move away from their uh, typical regional sports network. So we're going to continue to see teams push towards this. And uh, it sort of highlights the point that we've been making, which is streaming is on the rise. No surprise there. And that studio streamers now have an advocacy arm to back it, uh, which is, goes, of course, going to be through uh, the Streaming Innovation Alliance. So... Hope you folks enjoyed this week's show. Again, thanks for listening in and making us number one sports law podcast in the world. I'm Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast, where we talk about the hottest topics in entertainment, media, and sports law and management. Look forward to being back with you next week. This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online.
Thank you so much.